All right. Opening song. Van Morrison. Carrying a torch. Check out some of these words. So the song, here's the chorus. Actually, not quite. Um, the, the chorus of this song. Um, I'm carrying a torch for you. Uh, it's a very touching uh, song by Van Morrison um, about carrying other people's burdens. And, uh, and I love it. I've always loved this song. And uh, just for it, it's, it's the way it kind of approaches this idea of brotherhood of fellowship, of sacrifice for those that we love um, and for others uh, just in general. Um, carrying the torch or carrying a torch, carrying a responsibility in a way. Uh, in, the, in the famous words of, of Cain from the, the Bible story, Cain and Abel, Cain asks God, am I my brother's keeper? In other words, in, or in the words of Van Morrison, am I supposed to carry my brother's torch? Why can't my brother just carry it? And, and so the message there is, no, no, that we are, we are meant to carry each other's burdens, to bear one another's burdens. And that is how a great society, a great community is built. So this song is all about uh, sacrifice for, for brothers and sisters, about carrying the burdens uh, for others. And so in this story, Show and Tell, by Andrew Lamb in Birds of Paradise Lost, we see a beautiful picture of a little boy who learns this lesson and it's told from his perspective, right? It's told from the perspective of this little boy named Robert and we get his kind of limited perspective. Um, his insecurities cloud his judgment, his uh, fears and concerns um, really do kind of dominate his perspective and keep him from saying certain things and they keep him from expressing certain things as well. Um, but we also, through all that, we see him grow and we see him learn to appreciate something new right before our very eyes, which is really wonderful. So at the beginning of the story, we have uh, the teacher who is this fascinating guy um, who introduces a new student, Cao Long Din, uh, the Vietnamese refugee. Cao Long Din is a Vietnamese refugee, Mr. K said. And he turned around and wrote Cao Long Din, refugee, in blue on the blackboard. Cao doesn't speak any English yet, but he'll learn soon enough. So let's welcome him, shall we? And we did. Well, this, this day was a day where they were doing some show and tell. And it seems like that's kind of the thing they did in their class, or at least a certain point in the class. And it was Robert's day to share. And he says these words, tell you the truth, I didn't want it to be my turn. I can be funny and all, but I hated being in front of the class as much as I hated anything. But what can you do? You go up when it's your turn. That's what. So when Mr. K called my name, I brought my family tree chart and taped it to the blackboard under what Mr. K wrote, Kao Long Din, refugee. But before I even started, Billy said, Bobby's so poor, he only got half a tree. And everybody laughed. All right, so 
the story starts in a sense with Kao Long Din, the refugee, but we don't know anything about this boy. Our first introduction into a character is Robert. And Robert has a complicated family tree. Robert has his own struggles. Robert has his own kind of complex history. And so right away, we see the two histories kind of juxtaposed, right? Um, you see Robert's and you see Kao Long Din's. You assume certain things about Kao Long Din because he's a refugee. We don't know what kind of refugee. We know he's Vietnamese, but we don't know, you know, Vietnamese history is very complicated and people have fled Vietnam for various reasons. People flee a country for any number of reasons. Making assumptions there is, is pretty unfair and often can be seen as unkind or it would just be unkind. So here's Robert's history, right? Robert, who has comes from a, a family with a broken marriage. His mom says, your daddy was a jackass and so is his entire family. <laughs> Um, but then he says to his mom, he doesn't want to share that in front of the class, right? So he makes up, he makes these things up about his dad, his dad who ran out on his his, his mom and his family. He explains that his dad died from a car accident a long, long time ago. Um, and so fascinating uh, that he feels the need to create a story about himself to be accepted, to, to be connected and to connect himself with the class. Uh, by the end of the story, we see that this short story is very much about stories in general and the power and importance of a story. So we, we see Robert here at the beginning of this story making things up, right? Taking his, the own, his own broken pieces or the broken pieces of his own story and creating something new, creating a new tale that would allow him to present himself in a more positive light for his or to his classmates. At the end of this short story, we see Robert up in front of the class again, but in the position of translator as Kao Long Din gives his story honestly, brutally, intimately to the class. And there's this incredible transformation that happens through Robert's relationship with this Vietnamese refugee boy. This Vietnamese refugee boy who has had to flee his country on a secret boat, whose own father was killed by the communist regime in Vietnam, and who has gone through a tremendous struggle. But as traumatic and as uh, violent and, I don't know, perhaps humiliating as his story is, Kao Long Din tells the story, and he tells it through Robert. And the way that, that Kao Long Din affects Robert is a pretty interesting part of how this story runs. Because Robert doesn't even realize how influential this, this refugee boy, Kao, has been on him. <coughs> Excuse me. So storytelling. What are the stories we tell others? We can create fabricated stories to protect ourselves. And that's what Robert does. I mean, I think a lot of times we use that. We use facades. Uh, we use... Uh, again, stories that are false to protect ourselves. We lie to one another. And what does that do? That uh, does the opposite of what we, what we really want. Right? We really want to be understood and we want to be appreciated. And a lie, creating a lie about yourself or a false face or putting on a mask that only furthers us, pushes us further into that place of misunderstanding. Because now we're participating in distancing ourselves from others by our own lies by our own deceptions, and by our own kind of protective stories. 
these false fictions that we tell others about ourselves. So Billy is an interesting character here. Obviously, he's quite the bully, the little jerk. Um, but Billy is an interesting kind of representative figure. Uh, I think in many ways he represents um, the, the, the danger and the violence of false information. Right? He says here, uh, my daddy said them VCs don't wear shoes. They wear sandals made from Jeep tires and they live in fucking tunnels like moles and they eat bugs and snakes for lunch. Then afterwards they go up and take sniper shots at you with their AK-47s. Maybe not him, said Billy, but his daddy, I'm sure. Isn't that right, refugee boy? Your daddy a VC? Your daddy the one who gave my daddy that goddamn scar? Well, um, Billy is operating from some false information, clearly, and just running with it like a real jerk, right? But even in ways that aren't as dramatic as this, we can run and build ideas with false information that are it is so damaging uh, to others, even damaging to ourselves because as we take in information and as we um, arrive at places or try to arrive at places of synthesizing that information and we come out with with false um, ideas or lies or or just misinformation we damage ourselves in many ways the real danger obviously is that we damage others as billy is here with his false information with his prejudices with his half story that he builds a whole view from a half story. So these boys find a, uh, a little refuge in Mr. K's classroom at lunch, which allows them to kind of bond in a way. It allows Bill, um, not Billy, it allows Robert to give uh, Cow a, a new phrase, leave me alone, fuckheads, which I think is awesome. Um, but this is, again, this is just part of their connection, right? This is the journey that they have together. And at the end of that, I love this little moment. After school then, when I was waiting for my bus, the new kid found me. He gave me a folded piece of paper, and before I could say anything, he blushed and ran away. You'd never guess what it was. It was a drawing of me, and it was really, really good. I was smiling at it. I looked really happy and older, like a sophomore or something. Not like in the sixth grade yearbook picture where I looked so goofy with my eyes closed and everything. And I had to sign my name over it so people wouldn't look when I got home, I taped it on my family tree chart and pinned the chart on my bedroom door. And I swear, the whole room had this vague eucalyptus smell. Now, that's an interesting little motif, right? Because he started that idea of that eucalyptus smell earlier when Cal sat in front of him. He smelled that, that eucalyptus smell, right? Um, smells, sounds and smells, the senses can be representative in literature. And it's important not to just make things up. But if, if it's repeated in this way, they often kind of build toward a theme or build toward an idea of, um, of a theme that the, the story will have. For this one, um, you know, I would venture to guess that this idea of a eucalyptus smell, which is something that, that Robert likes, he likes the smell of, of this. He likes this sense, right? And the sense is that I'm sorry, that this new boy, this refugee boy, um, has a certain richness about him through his honesty and truthfulness. Even his connection to his own culture and his openness about who he is. There is something that is attractive in a way that is um, that, that, that Robert likes, right? 
that is that there's a certain essence to it that he enjoys. And so I wouldn't call it symbolic, a symbolic smell as much as I think representative. That's a little bit different because when you have a symbol, you have something that is concrete that represents something abstract. Here we have something somewhat abstract that a smell would represent a, a feeling or an attraction or an appreciation. Um, but clearly, Robert appreciates something about Cal right away. And I think this smell uh, as a motif, as a repeated thing in the story, would or is supposed to lead us to understand that Robert is appreciating something about Cal. And I, and I think it's his honesty and openness. The fact that he is raw and open. All right, so Billy goes on the next day to, to, to wear or to bring some stuff during his show and tell time that makes uh, Cal cry. Um, he says uh, he takes some, he has some pictures that he shows, right? Um, he brought in his daddy's uniform and a stack of old magazines. He unfolded the uniform with the name Baxter sewed under U.S. Army, put it on a chair. Then he opened one magazine and showed a picture of this naked and bleeding little girl running and crying on this road while these houses behind her were on fire. That's napalm, and it eats into your skin and burns for a long, long time, said Billy. Well, this show and tell just breaks Cal. Um, and Cal uh, begins to cry, and they and it kind of is this quiet moment in the class. Um and I love this moment where it says here, um, the new kid didn't answer, Mr. K. So I put my hand on his shoulder and shook it a little. Hey, Cal, I said, you okay? Then it was like I pressed an on button or something. Because all of a sudden, Cal raised his head and stood up. He looked at me, and then he looked at the blackboard. He looked at me again, then the blackboard, and then he marched right up there, even though it was Roger's turn next. <laughs> but Cal didn't care. Maybe he thought it was his turn because Mr. K called his name. We all stared as he started drawing, right? He, he started drawing on the blackboard with colored chalk. He was really good, but then I love this part here. First, he drew a picture of a boy sitting on this water buffalo, and then he drew this rice field in green. Then he drew another boy on another water buffalo, and they seemed to be racing. He drew other, kind, other kids running along the riverbank with their kites in the sky, and you could tell they were laughing and yelling, having a good time. And then after that, then he looked, and he turned and looked straight at me, his eyes still wet with tears, Raubert, he said, tapping the pictures with his chalk, his voice sad but expecting. Raubert, me? I felt kind of dizzy. Robert, what? What do you want, Cal? Cal tapped the blackboard with his chalk again, and I saw in my head the picture of myself taped on my family tree. And then I don't know how, but I just kind of knew. And so he began to do what? He began to translate. And, and just like Cal's earlier gift of that picture, that the, the way that art connects people, right? That art connects, um, through art, we can understand culture, even um, in just part, we can understand others through the expression of art. And that's the, the first gift that Cal gives to Robert is a, is a is representative of that, right? His gift of the picture um, begins the journey with Robert and they begin to understand one another in a way. Here, once again, as Cal um, draws on the board, he asks Robert to come and translate. And the beautiful thing about this is that Robert is really good, right? It says, I talked, he drew, we fell into a rhythm. 
And he just, he understands everything that Cal is writing, which is pretty magical in a way, right? Not super realistic, but still really wonderful. And there's this wonderful moment through this translation work, through art and translation, where Cal presents himself to the class in a very clear and wonderful way. And through this, we obviously begin to understand that, uh, let's see, it's in this paragraph here. Um, then one day the soldiers came with guns and they took his daddy away. They put him behind barbed wires with other men, all very skinny, skinny and hungry. And they got chains on their ankles and they looked really, really sad. Cal and his mother went to visit his daddy and they stood on the other side of the fence and cried a lot. Then he died. And Cal and his mother buried him in the cemetery with lots of graves. And they lit candles and cried and cried. After that, there was this boat, this really crowded boat, I guess. And Cal and his mama climbed on it. And they went down the river out to sea. Then they got on this island and they got on an airplane after that. And they came here to live in America. And so here, as Cal pours out his story through translation and through Robert's uh, beautiful translations, it's a really neat artistic way of communicating, which in, in some ways points to the text itself, right? What is the purpose of story? What is the purpose of art? It is to connect people one with another. It is to help break through false information and lies. It is to help to disseminate or dispel uh, prejudicial feelings that keep us separated, to keep us from connecting. I mean, the boat people from Vietnam were predominantly the folks from the South who were fleeing Northern communist oppression. In all likelihood, Cal's father fought beside Billy's father. That's a bit ironic, right? Um, but it, what, what is being shown here is the damage and, the, and the, the danger that we see from the false information that Billy uses to build a false image of Cal. Uh, Billy's, the lies and the false information that Billy has keeps him from connecting with a potential friend. And again, this is the, the breakdown in society, the breakdown in community comes as we embrace false information and as we stop learning and growing through what? Through treating one another as complex individuals. We, we grow closer to one another. We develop real relationship and real friendships through not accepting or not assuming things about people based on appearance. So instead of asking questions, Billy just makes an assumption. He sees a Vietnamese boy and he assumes this is a North Vietnamese person, the enemy of the United States, when in fact, it's just the opposite. Uh, this young boy, because his father is, has, has been taken to re-education camps and is killed, uh, we can very much with confidence assume he's from the Southern part of Vietnam, the part that fought alongside the United States forces and most likely fought with Billy's father, not against him. And so Billy, in his ignorance, has made an enemy out of a friend. So again, judging by appearances perpetuates false beliefs and leads, leads to unnecessary prejudice and unkindness. And that's one of the kind of things we, we see through Cal's story, right? Through Cal's expression, his artistic expression, walls come down and he is connecting himself to the classroom. Um, Lies and, and false beliefs are broken down through storytelling and through the expression of art. A very abstract situation here is he's drawing with, with chalk on a board 
and using Robert as a translator, and still, yet still, connections are made in ways that could not have been made had it not been for the art and for this artistic expression. Now, last page, Cal loves America very much, especially San Francisco, I said. He'd never seen so many tall buildings before in his whole life, and they're so pretty. Maybe he'll live with his mother someday up in the penthouse when they have lots of money. But he misses home too, and he misses his friends, and he especially misses his daddy who died a lot. And that's all. I think he's done. Thank you. And if you skip down one paragraph, Cal started walking back. He was smiling and looking straight at me like he was saying, Robert Quentin Mitchell, ain't we a team or what? And I wanted to say, yes, yes, Cal Long Din, refugee. Yeah, we are. But I just didn't say anything. Uh, so it's a beautiful finish, right? Where so much unspoken becomes spoken, where so much unexpressed becomes expressed. And through that artistic expression, new bonds are built, connections are made, and dangerous prejudices and, and kind of racist ideas are, are dispelled and deconstructed. All right. That's it.